Welcome back, folks. Another episode of the MKD Podcast. I am your host, D. Miller L. Welcome back. And if you're new here, welcome, welcome. With this episode, I'll be covering again in a little more details my Bitcoin story and how I got into the Bitcoin art space. Yep. Also, I'm going to be letting y'all know of a party (laughs) that's about to uh, crack off. So y'all won't want to miss this episode. Before we get too far into it, let's have a quick word from our sponsor. get right on to it Bitcoin NFTs seems to be somewhat of the talk in the town right in the Bitcoin space and you know to be completely honest with y'all I never feel like I give my own Bitcoin story uh, the best telling I always tell like portions, it always depends on the situation or what's going on, that I'll mention certain aspects of what I've been exposed to in the Bitcoin space in my time, right? So I guess this is going to be kind of similar, but I definitely wanted to explain. I've told many aspects of my Bitcoin story before in previous episodes. But I guarantee you on this one, uh, you're going to get even more of the story that I haven't had the opportunity to speak on. So I want to begin this episode's, you know, Bitcoin story description with the time that we started our first Bitcoin Expo. So our first Bitcoin Expo was online. And we were using it as a means of fundraising. And this was the time that we had already sworn off of Ethereum. So this takes us back to about 2017 or so. Um, Actually, it was around the football, the Super Bowl, right? We were using that as part of the theme when we were promoting that expo. We had some notables come out. It was great. It was a success, right? For a grassroots type of operation. Uh, We did it in my house, as a matter of fact. It's crazy. (laughs) Now that I think back on it, because we'll say that was like Bitcoin Expo 1.0. Right, we're doing it online, that sort of thing. And the money that we were raising uh, was actually to create wallets. So with the money that we were able to raise, um, we were lucky enough that when we did the fundraiser at that time, the price ran up for Bitcoin. So when it came down for us to spend some of that Bitcoin to a, you know acquire whatever it was that we needed to operate as Morex Bitcoin Solutions, that was that. 
So shout out to all of our original supporters back then. You definitely, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for those original supporters. So salute to you all. Those of you still rocking with us, again, those are my day ones. Salute to y'all for keeping it 100. And y'all know what I mean by that because that leads into the next aspect of the story. The Keep It 100 campaign. So I'd say around the same time, uh, I created, no, I found an acronym online that I thought would be excellent for the black community to rally around. And it was, uh, it's called Race First, R-A-C-E. And that stood for Resource Acquisition Cooperative Economics. Now I needed this because what I really wanted to deliver to the people was the idea that we should be using Bitcoin in commerce for banking and as cash. Yep. That was back in 2017 or so. Uh, The following year, we stepped our game up. Right? So we had the wallets at that point. We had a little thumb drive that we put wallets on. Had a couple of wallets in the Google Play Store. I spoke on that before, how we came to that. You guys make sure you go back into the previous episodes to get a little more details on how we created wallets. And uh, I decided at that point in time, it was important for us to actually get outside and do the Bitcoin Expo. So I came across an expo that exists in my area. It's called the Archwood Expo. Archwood Exchange, excuse me, Archwood Exchange. And the Archwood Exchange is a black business expo where local business owners get together to make their presence in the community more known, right? By coming out and just being a vendor right there and networking, etc. So I figured great opportunity to accomplish this goal. Right, so I would go to these expos. My partner and I went out there a couple of times together. I went out there mostly solo. Uh, There was even a time where I took my family uh, with me as well. So at Archwood, we would begin that work, right, of exposing the people to Bitcoin. Uh, What was interesting what was interesting, and I'm going to tell you how much time we spent there. What was interesting was when it all first started, uh, as far as us going out to this expo, this was when the blockchain started to get bloated. And luckily, one of the wallets that we had on Google Play, it allowed for us to go from currency to currency, right? Cryptocurrency to cryptocurrency. So what became very helpful to us to actually do a Bitcoin airdrop, this is what we were doing as a part of our Bitcoin Expo. We wanted to do an airdrop at Archwood Exchange. So anybody that would come up 
to our vending table. We get them to download our wallet and then shoot them some Bitcoin. Right? Let them watch the process, see how everything is working. You know, put some Bitcoin in their hand. However, because the blockchain was so bloated at the time and becoming more and more expensive to send the transactions, we decided we were going to actually use Litecoin. I forget what the, the wallet was that we had uh, used as an open source template, but that wallet in particular allowed for us to do, you know, uh, an exchange free, right? Or I should say a custodian free exchange. So it was just right there in the app. Boom, you could switch over to Litecoin and then boom, right in the same wallet, in the same app, you could just switch it back over into Bitcoin and you didn't have to worry about all the fees and all this other kind of stuff, right? So we had to, like, we had to be thinking on our toes at that time just to be able to get this done. And it did require some sort of a side chain, if you will, or some sort of other chain for us to accomplish that thing. It was a trip, <laughs> but we made it work, right? We made it work. Okay, so then we'll say as time went on and we visited more and more and more, I'd say towards the end of our visits there at Archwood Exchange, Cash App had come out, right? We frequented this uh, Archwood Exchange for about a year's time, maybe a little more. It's a monthly expo that you guys should check out if you're ever in the Phoenix, Arizona area. All right, support, support, support. So, uh, how would I rate the success on that? Well, we got to touch base with the community, so that's number one. Right, number two, a lot of people were educated. A lot of people left there with Bitcoin. Right, a lot of people left there knowing that Cash App was going to be one of the simplest ways. And again, this is probably, what, it's 2019, 2020 maybe? Probably about 18, 19. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So as you guys can tell, what I'm trying to really lay out here for you is that we'll say the Archwood Exchange was the Expo 2.0, right? Started out online and getting out there into, uh, into the local area and see if we can make it crack, right? And we're talking about using Bitcoin as cash, as a bank. And for commerce, and it was it was it was interesting. I'll give you guys a little more um, information about how I was kind of laying this out. So uh, you guys got to remember this was before dollar cost averaging was a thing, right? That became popular a little bit after uh, what we were doing. So when I say we were using it as a cash, you know, e-cash or the bearer instrument 
that was something that was, you know, something I was able to kind of gather from, you know, the Bitcoiners. But this uh, banking, right, what later became more popularly known as dollar cost averaging, I had considered um, what's referred to as a SUSU. You guys are familiar with that? That's a, like a traditional form of banking, right? No usury, no interest or things like that. But it's a, it's a collective thing where people that are participating in that SUSU, in that bank, what they do is, is they incrementally make deposits and then systematically, whether it's every month or every week or every few months, every year, whatever the case may be, an individual will receive all of those monies to be able to do whatever they need to do to finance, whatever they need to finance, right? For themselves, for their business, right? Etc. So my thought was, okay, we as a group that are using our wallets, right? Using Cash App and the likes, we would buy Bitcoin, put it inside of a pot. We were using BTC pay server, right? Same, same software we were using to do our original crowdfund in the first version of the expo. We used BTC pay server. We also turned around and used the same software and used it to collect all the, the group monies. And then we'd get together on a conference call and disperse the monies. It was great, right? Really, really innovative, really creative. Um, we were all across the country. We had people from, you know, the East Coast all the way to Hawaii participating in our SUSU. And all of that was really just like proof of concept for me as a Bitcoiner. Like, does this actually work? Can this actually work? Right. And then, of course, my whole logic in going to Archwood Exchange was because they're conducting business right there. There's a whole bunch of businesses right here, a whole bunch of customers right here. Let's lace them with Bitcoin was my thought. So we went out and, uh, and did that. Great experience. Great, 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 great experience. So now, I guess that should kind of hopefully start to put it into context for me, right? As a Bitcoiner, why liquid? Why rare Toshi? You know, why Bitcoin art? So, okay, after, you know, having to spend that time on Lightning, right, and creating nodes and helping the network in that fashion. Um, it kind of just caused us to have to pivot, you know, multiple times, if you will, like just having to think on your toes, which, which way are we going, right? And I'm speaking as like the founder of Morex Bitcoin Solutions, you know, it was a pivot to go away from Ethereum and to stick with Bitcoin, right? It was a pivot for us to have to use uh, Litecoin to conduct the airdrop, 
what, what was essentially just supposed to be an on-chain airdrop. All right. And even now, as people have already been engaged in NFTs, it has finally arrived, if you will, at Bitcoin. But what I've noticed is that it belongs on liquid. It belongs on a side chain. It does not belong on the main chain. And I'm just drawing from my previous experience, right, to come to that conclusion. Now, I don't want to shit on <laughs> everybody that's doing the ordinals, right, the inscriptions or anything like that. In fact, I salute Casey and uh, those folks over there that are getting hyped up, you know, creating that excitement in the space again. That's cool. That's cool. And for the haters, too bad, right? Keep crying, cry louder. And in fact, for those of you that are dragging your feet on Bitcoin art, you guys are definitely, you're gonna, you're gonna have fun staying poor <laughs> if you're not careful. You're gonna, you're gonna end up having fun staying poor if you keep trivializing NFTs. Right? At least this is just how I feel, right? If I trivialize NFTs, I just feel like I am uh, playing roulette. You know, Russian roulette, if you will, with the pistol. You know, you want to keep, as a Bitcoiner, you want to just laugh in the face of quote-unquote trends. Right? And stay steadfast with what we already know is the immovable object, Bitcoin. However, it's just starting to get that vibe in the space, you know, where people are trying really, 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 really hard. It's like they're trying too hard to prove their conviction. And we know based upon all that additional effort that you're applying that you're really troubled you know you're struggling you know all that hubris from many of the bitcoiners knowing that we're dealing with an immovable object um <laughs> i guess you know a lot of the and i'm speaking of like the talking heads right the influencers you know i guess they had to I don't know, man, like they had to find out that they were obviously in error with whatever their strategy was. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they can get up and, and, and try again. I'm definitely not hoping that anybody has a lack of success or anything like that. But I'm just speaking of me and I'm not trying to go off into a tangent or anything. It's just to say, number one. I'm not like sponsored by Liquid or nothing like that. Uh, I'm not sponsored by Rare Toshi or anything like that. Any of the products that I have, you know, even from Blockstream, I purchased. So let me just make sure all of that is out there in the open. But getting back to our, our Bitcoin story. So that brings us to now. 
right? That brings us to now. So why Rare Toshi? Rare Toshi is a marketplace like the Archwood Exchange. So for me, that's right up my alley because I want to see hyper-Bitcoinization. I want to experience hyper-Bitcoinization. And for that to happen, right, we need to see Bitcoin as a cash, Bitcoin as a bank, and Bitcoin for commerce. That to me is the definition that I was even rocking with in my Expo part one days, right? Version one. But now we're at version three, thanks to, for example, hardware wallets, right? And software wallets like Jade like green right made by blockstream some of the most innovative wallets you know one of the reasons why i'm no longer (laughs) behind trying to produce a wallet is is that the space moves so fast people that if you don't have an engineering team you can forget about it right i come from a grassroots perspective so it was just me and my partner (laughs) doing the best that we could trying to move with the space right quickly right pivoting as necessary right this is why we essentially put out three different wallets because that was what it was requiring just so that we could continue to move forward Um, but now if you guys are still interested in you know getting your wallets or what have you from me you guys can get in touch and I'll definitely look into Maybe we'll bring some wallets back out, some of those Jade wallets, which I think are, I know for a fact, they're far superior to any hardware wallet that me and my partner had created. So I'm, I'm definitely w- willing to back that wallet. And there's another reason, right, as far as that wallet in particular. <laughs> also, also, um... This is the other reason for that wallet. So the the tokens associated with the NFTs on Rare Toshi, they can be put in the wallet, which is great. Now, I've told you all my perspective on the NFTs and what they represent and this sort of thing. Maybe I'll make another episode and give you guys my actual experience on Rare Toshi as a reseller. Right, I've told you all that I don't actually create any NFTs. What I do is I collect them and then resell them. So this brings us to the party. So all of you Bitcoiners are invited, especially those of you that do not like ordinals and do not like inscriptions on the Bitcoin blockchain. If you're not with that, if you're against that, cool, rock with me. If you like Bitcoin art and want to support the arts in the space, rock with me. If you want to see hyper Bitcoinization, check me out. I've always been one of those type of people where I don't mind, you know, giving advice and 
consultation and things of that sort. But I've always been the type of person to uh, try to be the change. Right, I was kind of contemplating El Salvador and what's going on there and, you know, the hyper-Bitcoinization from the top down, which is amazing. Very inspirational. Shout out to everybody that's behind that. Right, those are my folks. Those are my people. That's who I rock with. This this uh, strategy that I'm doing is, is much more of a, a grassroots, so from the bottom up. bottom up so what about this party right again this is the party for those that are coming from the bottom up right started from the bottom now we're here and the whole idea is is we're not trying to just survive as bitcoiners we want to thrive as bitcoiners and what does that look like i believe you know and i'm glad i got the platform that i could say this but i believe i have one of the best demonstrations from a grassroots perspective of what hyper-Bitcoinization looks like. Yeah, the party is the Bitcoin Expo 3.0. So this is the new improved version of my Bitcoin Expo that was what first started many, 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 (laughs) five years ago, uh, six years ago. I mean, we all know Bitcoin is very, very young. So within this time, however, I've been evolving right as a Bitcoiner. And this is like my latest, you know, iteration, if you will, right? This is this is how I'm manifesting it at this point. So I've told you guys, you know, I've always been from the very beginning an advocate for the adoption of Bitcoin. I've said that through that adoption, I think that we can resolve many of the global conflicts that exist. Right? That's right up my agenda. That's right up my alley. If you if you can see the value in that, right? First of all, if you can see the value in that, then there's no way that you can't appreciate Bitcoin art. Because a lot of the time, that's what's being communicated among other, you know, ideas that are in the Bitcoin space. But that's what you're gonna find in the art. Now, if you lack an eye for art, once again, this is the value of the Bitcoin Expo. Come check out the Bitcoin art that I have. Right, you can look at it as I'll be your art curator, right? For those of you that will say lack the emotional intelligence, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I, I know my strengths. I'm not an engineer, right? I'm not a mathematician. I'm much more into the liberal arts, right? So check out my curated Bitcoin art. I feel like it's one of the best ways to even communicate the message of Bitcoin, right? As the saying goes, we've heard it a a thousand times, but they say, what is is the saying, y'all? Somebody get in the comment section and tell me. 
the art is worth a thousand words, right? A picture is worth a thousand words. It's like in my time of talking about Bitcoin, it's not that I've grown tired of talking about Bitcoin. It's just that we'll say my speech has become more refined. I'm communicating the same ideals with, I think, even more intensity. I think with more everything, right? Everything is faster, it's stronger, bigger, faster, stronger, smarter. That that's that's where I'm coming from, right? That's my whole perspective on all of this, right? This is why I'm doing what I'm doing as far as Bitcoin Expo, right? 3.0 version. If you can relate, if you're feeling it, if you would like to support this effort, when you're there at the Expo, you'll notice, right? When you're looking at the Bitcoin art on my rare Toshi profile, you'll see that some of the pieces are available for sale. That's how you can support me. That's how you can support the podcast and my efforts. Yeah, I would have to say that's essentially my Bitcoin story up until this point. Now, if you guys have been listening all the way up until here, definitely want to let you know with regards to the party for those of you that you know are going to show and, and hang out or whatever if you will right i remember how casey with the ordinals and the inscriptions is talking about this collective hallucination so i want to kind of you know spin off of that and just say that you know i like to party too as a bitcoiner right do you like to party <laughs> do you like to party cool So check it out. Wherever you're listening to this, share it. Tag me in the share just so that I know that you've shared it. And I'll run a raffle. Whoever, after sharing, right, is going to automatically be entered into the raffle. I'll be giving away one of the uh, NFTs there on Rare Toshi, one of the artworks. This will get some of y'all started. Some of you don't have any, right, Bitcoin art yet. You haven't been supporting the community. You haven't been engaged in hyper-Bitcoinization. You're kind of maybe stuck at the SUSU part, right? The banking part, the dollar cost averaging part. You might be stuck there in your evolution, right? You might feel that. If you don't feel that yet, stay right where you're at. I'm not trying to encourage everyone to come on over, right? Something else that I noticed with Casey uh, and their inscriptions and ordinals is that they have a great desire to bring people that are on other shit coins and making NFTs on over, right? There's a lot of other stuff. I, I don't agree with that. I don't really care about people that are goofing off on other chains. Like they know what they're doing. They're doing exactly what they want to do. And for the most part, it's trivial. Right, this is where I can agree with the people that are critical and criticizing NFTs. And I think it's just as silly to bring that kind of mentality over to Bitcoin. Right? I think that's silly. I just don't agree with it. 
but it's cool. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> if he's got the heart, you know, because I mostly deal with no coiners. Just let's think about it from that perspective, right? I mostly deal with no coiners, and you know, I'm able just to warn them about shit coins and we talk Bitcoin. But if you want to talk to people that are, you know, headlong into shitcoin land, making NFTs on those shitcoins, that's I I don't even I don't have a strategy for that. So you go ahead, my brother, take care of that. <laughs> right, salute. <laughs> but for you that are new to Bitcoin, for you that are, you know, veterans, for those of you that are OGs, the party, right, the Bitcoin expo it's, it's already going right party's already started and I'm noticing you know different people starting to fill up the room I've noticed that um, there's a little bit of traffic happening there on Raritosha but we could do much better than that I just think that a lot of people don't have enough conviction in hyper bitcoinization that's what I see. That's what I see. The price fluctuation that everyone is obsessing over 24-7 is an indication of that. Right? The reliance on people getting excited because the price is pumping is an indication of that. But you know. I can completely understand as far as how the market works and people feel incentivized and motivated when they see the number go up. Definitely not misunderstanding that. But I do think that it's short lived or at least that's why, you know, we see all of these collapsing in prices is because when the number doesn't go up, no one's motivated. This is like the the next layer of why Bitcoin art is so important to the space. You guys are going to need that when the talking heads start to come off as needy, start to come off as, you know, um, repentant for being so damn arrogant. Right. They don't have anything else to rely on. And like it cracks and breaks their conviction. And like I said, this is why, you know, you watch these talking heads, they'll amass these large audiences. Then when the price falls, you know, their audience is gone and sometimes they are too, right? Their customers are gone and sometimes they are too. To get engaged in Bitcoin art, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys this jewel as far as my experience with collecting Bitcoin art. You've got to look at it, in my opinion, you've got to look at it as something that you would want to do as far as uh, participating as a reseller, something that you would want to do regardless. Right. Regardless. Hyper Bitcoinization. I'd be doing that whether I was making money or not. Right. If you if you're not able to engage in in that kind of thought process 
right, as your um, first point of logic, you probably won't, you probably won't make it not only in Bitcoin, but you're not going to make it with Bitcoin art for sure. As you guys can see, there's a lot of confusion concerning this. And most of the people are going to be led in the wrong direction. So wherever you see the hype, that's most of the people. And unfortunately, you know, again, in my opinion, they're being led in the wrong direction. But there will be, you know, that small group that kind of maintain, I, I, I don't know, what, what do you guys want to call it? I've heard it described as like the remnant. In my opinion, that's what exists on Rare Toshi. If you're an artist on Rare Toshi, uh, you have grit. You have staying power, right? I'm not talking about the fly-by-night folks. I'm talking about the people that have been there since the beginning and continue to produce. They're doing it whether they're making money or not. Right? They're doing their part with regards to the hyper-Bitcoinization. Is how I see it. Just like me as a reseller, I'm doing my part. By providing, you know, the funds. I use my own Bitcoin to produce, or excuse me, to purchase the artwork and to support the artists. So it's, 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 a, it's almost like a different experience from most Bitcoiners at this point. Like I said, this is, uh, this is not the platform that is receiving all of the hype. This is not the platform with the trivial art. Right? This is just my opinion. And that's where you're going to find me as a Bitcoiner. You're always going to find me. I know where I like to find myself. I like to be right on the, the cutting edge of the technology. Pushing the envelope, right? Pushing the needle. I think that's what makes this podcast so much different than the others. You know, most Bitcoin podcasts cover you know current events that are happening in the space as opposed to bitcoiners talking about their their own personal evolution right demonstrating their own personal evolution in the space right different strokes different folks and there are a couple of bitcoiners out there that are kind of speaking at it from the same perspective that i am but that's what you get guys that's what you get listening to the MKD podcast. So as a final reminder, how to engage in the NFT giveaway. Create your account there on Rotoshi. Right, that's where you're going to receive the NFT. You're going to share this episode and maybe another if not this episode, a favorite episode of yours from the podcast on your social media. Tag me on it. That way I know. Once I know that you've shared it by way of your tag, you'll be entered into a raffle. I'll be raffling off one of my NFTs for each episode moving forward. Right? So we're going to keep the party going. It's not just for this episode. This episode and all episodes that follow will have an NFT giveaway associated with it. How do you get involved? Share the episode 
on your social media. Help me get the word out. And uh, we'll maybe we'll maybe even elevate this whole value for value concept that podcasters now have, you know, by way of lightning. Maybe we can increase the incentive by adding NFTs, right? At least that's my thought. I wouldn't be surprised, in fact, if what I'm doing right now with this NFT giveaway on each episode if that doesn't become pretty standard amongst podcasters, I'll give it three years, right? Five years. You probably won't find too many podcasts that don't have NFTs associated with their media platform, right? Three to five years. But as a pioneer, man, I'm gonna get out here and do it. I haven't actually seen it done. But I'm going to find out if it could work <laughs> right now. And you guys could be a part of that. Uh, before I get out of here, man, I just want to say this. Thank you to everyone so far that has been supporting, right? My day ones, as well as those that have been buying NFT art, right? That I've been reselling. Thank you very much for your support. You guys encourage me to keep going forward and as long as I got your support right I'm gonna continue to produce this uh, this content for you if you know of anyone that you think can benefit from it be sure to share it with them in particular with that being said man I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day I'm definitely gonna enjoy mine peace